there. Welcome to the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams of It's All Soul. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to you live and direct. It's not even tonight, is it? This it's, afternoon. It's not. It is live right here, right now. It's 1 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon as we are coming to you live from the beautiful studios of WPPM LP 106.5 FM, bringing you a very special live edition of the Michaud Mission. Yes. And our drive to 500. Yes. We're yes. Trying to raise. $500 for Philly Cam Radio. Yes, sir. And it's it's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. If you are listening to us on 106.5 FM in your cars or at home, or you are streaming us live and direct on phillycam.org slash listen, then I invite you. I invite you, ladies and gentlemen, to go to phillycam.org slash donate Fill out your little little form there. Make a donation on the behalf of the Michaud mission. Yes. If we can get enough people to uh, donate and get us to $500 during this hour-long pro- program, then Vince and I have made a solemn vow. Solemn. To present all of you contributors a DVD of The Last Dragon, And what will be on that DVD? Special just for you on that DVD of The Last Dragon will be a full-length audio commentary. Full-length. By Vince, by myself, and with very special uh, guest Ariel Johnson of the famed Amalgam Comics and Coffee House in Kensington. It's uh, what more can you ask for? So from the opening moments, yes, where we have the close up of Bruce Leroy performing martial arts over the credits, yes, all the way to the very end, where Bruce Leroy walks slow mo towards Vanity, <laughs> and Smokey Robinson is singing the love ballad. Yes, that's a whole lot. Of commentary. That is a whole lot of commentary. And man, oh man, look at my color me surprise, ladies and gentlemen, because I had no idea that this was happening. Joining us here live on our very special live me show mission here in the studios of WPPM is none other than the person who will be the third contributor on our full length audio commentary of The Last Dragon, then. Ariel Johnson of Amalgam Comics and Coffee House herself. Ariel, what are you doing here? Len, you are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and a little too hype for me. <laughs> I'm here. Wow. No, seriously. I, I thought I was supposed to be here. That's what I said. That's what I told him. Honestly, I had no, you were not I know. To... I know we're doing a commentary. Yes. yes. But then Vince was like, oh, yeah, tomorrow. And I was like, tomorrow? And I thought I'd messed up. So I was like, well, I'll be there, and I'm here. Wow. But I think you can't even have a conversation about The Last Dragon without Bruce Leroy Tribble. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I was actually, <laughs> see, I was actually going to refer to Fix you your face, as world-renowned Last Dragon scholar, <laughs> Ariel Johnson. <laughs> I love that movie. You know, Last Dragonology, if you will. In fact, we're going to pop quiz right now. This was not planned. I don't know if you heard. I said we're going to do the commentary from the opening credits. And then I said to the very end where Bruce Leroy walks slow-mo towards Vanity. And 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 that white. And I said Smokey Robinson was singing the love theme. Mm -hmm. Do you know the name of that song? Oh, give me a minute. It's like at the, I see him walking out. That's right. I want to say it's like heaven something, something about, I, I'm i failing. This is how you know it's live. <laughs> this is exactly how, yeah. this is how you live. know it's live. And I'll, see, here's the thing, and I'll hear it and I'll be ashamed of myself. That's right. That's right. Because I know you have the soundtrack. I do. And I know you've listened to it. I know it. Hit Willie Hutch. What mm. you want? Got the glow when you need the glow. You need the glow to glow to grow. When See? you love to live and live to love, you got to move to the upper level. Got the glow and don't stop in what you want to do. Oh. Okay, so 
Lynn doesn't like that. <laughs> but he gonna live with it today. I have a question to ask you two about the last dragon. I don't know if we when you want to do it. I don't know, Lynn. If well, you can ask her, but just okay. wait one second okay. because if you, ladies and gentlemen, know this famed song at the at the that closes out the last dragon, or you just want to call in your donation to WPPM, um, you can't simply call in, and you do have to go to the website. But if you want to call in and let us know that you're making a donation, or if you want to talk to me, Vince, or Ariel, the phone lines are open. You can hit us up at 215-923-9776. That is 215-923-WPPM. As in Mary, and you can hit us live on air. This is live for the next hour, ladies right and gentlemen. Now. We are here. We are here. We are doing it. Okay, ask your last dragon question, Vince. I believe I have a counter reading of the last dragon. I believe Shonuff is actually the hero. How do you feel about that? Oh, I think that's interesting. I mean, I think so. Here's the thing. I feel like this is like a matrix type argument because I've heard that uh, the matrix are uh, it argued that in the matrix, uh, Neo is not the one. It's Agent Smith. Exactly. Um, Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like you're making that kind of argument, which is compelling. Um, But I mean, I think the proof in the pudding is is the last dragon will be able to make his whole body glow. And they say a great master will be able to, to fill his hands with such power, which, and so, so clearly Shonoff was a great master, but he, he never mastered the full body glow. Right. Right. Well, he hadn't gotten there yet. He hadn't gotten there yet. And I mean, maybe, and I don't think he could have, because there's, I think a selflessness that you have to have to, to, to reach the upper level. And he doesn't because every, it's like, show you got everybody running around saying your name. Well, he, he had to get to it himself. Unlike, Leroy, he didn't have patronage. He didn't have support. He had to do all of this on his own. So his journey, his learning curve is a little different than Leroy's, who was, you know, basically someone held his hand through the whole process. Right. Right. So that's my argument. Okay. I'm so a, you're saying so you're saying I'm a if, show enough believer. So if you had, if you're saying if show enough had the guidance that Leroy had, he would have been Or if you the would master. have given him two more years. Okay. Like he was, you know, <laughs> he was getting it incrementally. Okay. Two years specifically. Two well, two two to three years. You okay. know, and he had to understand that that he had to like you like you just said, you have to become selfless. But he right. was on that journey on his own. What do you think, Lynn? I know you have you have thoughts. You have thoughts on the last track. Have you thought about this? Uh, you, you know where you stand. No, I, I have no thoughts <laughs> on the last dragon. Um, I have you know put it out of my mind ever since I had to do that ninety day marathon and that uh, piece of cinema. So um, I, you know, I, I don't I don't really care about the the last dragon. Except- don't you? <laughs> You Don't do, you? you do care, because it's like you know you're not you're not what is it apathetic? You hate it, so you care. You know, every time I say Bruce Leroy Tribble, you get a look on your face, so you care. You do care. You the care. opposite of love is apathy, not hate. Because hate requires passion. Exactly, which you clearly have. Oh, <laughs> I hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whose idea this was, because <laughs> this certainly was not mine. It was yours, because you keep coming back to it. You can't quit The Last Dragon. I wish I could quit The Last Dragon, but I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm trying to give the, but I'm trying to, that's in me trying to give the audience what I think they they would enjoy. You go camping with The Last Dragon every year. You wish that you didn't, but you do. Philly Cam, ladies and gentlemen, is a nonprofit that operates the city of Philadelphia's public access television and is also the license holder of the low power FM radio station WPPM 106.5 FM. Did you know that Philly Cam was founded in 2007 and has since evolved into a creator, aggregator, and distributor of hyper local media that reflects Philadelphia's diversity? We are the only regional non-commercial media outlet devoted entirely to the teaching creation and distribution of locally produced media content on cable television online and on fm radio and it is to that effort that your donations will 
go to foster all of the programs and the producers that work here tirelessly at WPPM FM 106.5 FM, just like Vince, just like myself, and just like Ariel Johnson as a member of the Black Tribbles, who, as part of the fundraising um, campaign this past Thursday, raised single-handedly $1,005 on their disrobing for dollars. That's right. Butt-naked tribbles. From what I understand, there were three butt-naked tribbles in the building. There were. Wow, who? Isaiah, uh-huh. Randy, uh-huh. Eric, all dudes. Oh. All the guys. And there, and there was a room right. full of women. Yes. Cute girls, too. Oh. They were still dressed. But apparently that's not who the people wanted to that's see. That's not who the people no. wanted. No, they wanted they wanted, uh, they wanted super trouble. Man flesh. Yes, man flesh. Is that what it's called? <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Man flesh. <laughs> <laughs> we demand man flesh. $200 for man flesh, please. <laughs> Thank you. That man flesh. The bearded one. (laughs) But he got a whole beard. It connect. It it only count if it connects. That's right. That's right. That tells you a lot about him. Does Vince Vince schooled me and my friend about how to trust a man. Check that beard first. That's right. If his beard ain't right, his life ain't right. That's right. Like shake like that's not for you. You sound like a pastor. Like, that's not, that's for, not you. for you. Like, everything is not for everyone. <laughs> so, you, you're you not a beard man. I actually feel bad for men in this year of our Lord 2018. I feel like it is a lot of pressure. <laughs> I'm the only one. Like, doesn't it feel like it's a lot of beard no, pressure? No, I mean, beard game, 2000- beard game has been up. Beard right. got, they got they got product now. Right, and I feel like as men, we got snuck. Like you didn't like you know five six years ago it didn't seem like it was going to be this intense, mm. and we looked up, and now it's all of this beard pressure. So I do I I feel you know I feel for for the inadequate beard or inadequate that's probably a bad word. Yeah, that's not. I, sh- I shouldn't use that word. No. The ill bearded. The beard challenged. Beardly challenged. The beardly challenged. <laughs> I do. I feel. I, I do. I feel because again, you got snuck, and now here we are. But all the tribbles have beautiful, luscious beards. They do well, not Isaiah. Isaiah, because Isaiah's our young bull. Yeah. yeah, but he doesn't try to grow one. No, he doesn't. See, he does that's not. what I'm saying. He has the confidence. He understands where he is. That's not for me. So I'm not going to be all scraggly. You need to teach a class. Look like I live down by the railroad tracks. I want Vince to have like a seminar. You need to do a TED Talk. You do a TED Talk. It would be really short. Like Just if you think. can't grow a beard, don't. That's it. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> this has been Vincent Williams. And, right. Right. With TED Talk. That's not for you. Do something else. Well, this TED Talk was brought to you by the Michelle Mission. <laughs> Here on WPPM. We're giving you a slice of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, where we basically just sit and like shoot the ish for about 20 minutes. Right, right. Before we we get into some movies. And we always come back. It's the journey. It's the journey that matters because, again, Leroy, from the very beginning, from the very beginning scene, his sensei asked him, how did you know that that was the Blue Arrow? I was pretty sure I was off this track. And Leroy was unable to answer the question. And then the whole film is about his journey, understanding that his mastery or the glow comes from within. Mm -hmm. People throughout, you're the master, you're the master, the strangely predatory um, um, relationship between vanity, you look like a master to me. You know, everybody, master, master, master. The very first scene with Shonuff, Shonuff asserts that I am the master. master. So Shonuff has gotten to this point already that Leroy is trying to get to. Mm-hmm. But because people hold Leroy's hand, they support him, he has all of this space. Mm-hmm. Leroy's journey is going to go more smoothly. But Shonuff is more self-possessed. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I believe Shonuff is actually the master. Okay. 
And we'll talk about all of that on the director's commentary or the Michelle commentary. On the Michelle commentary of a very special commemorative edition of The Last Dragon DVD, which all of the contributors who help us raise $500 within this hour will receive. However, this will not happen if we do not make $500. So if y'all love Vince, y'all love Ariel, you love hearing them pontificate on everything The Last Dragon, then come on, ladies and gentlemen, open up those wallets and just make $500 this hour. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Vince, we had an idea of what we wanted to talk about tonight. Yes. Today. I gotta keep I know it's 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 the artifice of the podcast. Like you feel like you need to say tonight, but now we're on live. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. We're live on WPPM 106.5 FM. What's up? Hi mom. Um we we decided that we were going to talk about we you, Vince, are a fan of the Criterion collection of films. I am. Who isn't? Who isn't a fan? Yes. It's great packaging. It's great commentary. They're great interviews. Are you aware of the Criterion Collection? I am not. Vince, give Ariel the 30-second pitch on what the Criterion Criterion Collection is. They're special editions of films that have been deemed important by this group of critics. And they take the films and they get the license and they, they, they clean up the print. And and then they have a bunch of added extras, like interviews with people who were involved. Oftentimes they have critics who write essays or they, they get interviewed as well. And it's just a really beautiful package hmm. for these films that, again, have been deemed important. Like some noted films, such noted films have been... Um well, being released in 2019, they're doing a, uh, they're adding the, um, I just forgot the name of The Heat of the Night with oh. Sidney Poitier and Rod right. Steiger is going to be added. Um, I did like that movie. Great movie. Well, I watched the show. My grandma watched the show. So I, right, right. you know, was very aware of the show. And then I, I went back. Right. And right, I watched right, the movie. Right, right. There you go. Very good. And then they do, did they do the, do the right thing? Yeah, they did do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Do the right things had a Criterion Collection edition. Uh, I believe uh, um, Rashomon. Rashomon, yeah, Seven Samurai, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Notorious by Alfred Hitchcock. Notorious. Oh, I've never seen that. Ron. Oh yeah, yeah. Ron's actually one of my favorite possessions. Yeah, Vince is. Vince has. Do you have every card? I don't have every. I mean, I, I do like everybody else. Like, I pick and choose. Right. But I like, you know, I usually like what they pick. Right. So what we thought for this episode, um, and as part of our continuing uh, assault on all media, we were going to record, thus copyright, our idea for the Obsidian Collection which is a collection of black films oh. that we feel are, you know, important enough. Right, to get the same type of treatment okay. as the Criterion Collection. Because one of the critiques of the Criterion Collection, like any any one of these, these collections where there are a group of people who choose, mm-hmm. oftentimes this group of people don't necessarily reflect what would be your choice. And, and you know, licensing issues aside, the Criterion Collection tends tends to be pretty monochromatic, let's say. I, I would assume. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm surprised do the right thing. You you mentioned that. I was like, well, oh. Well, you know, that's, you know, if, if, this, if we're going to talk about a Spike Lee movie, that's the one everybody talks about. Right. So. Yeah. And you can't knock its significance. No, you definitely right. can't. But I just, that it was... There's a lot of things that I feel like you can't knock the significance, but it gets knocked all the time. So just right, the fact right, that right. that was acknowledged, I right. think, um, was important, especially given the the topic or the the subject matter of that film. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, because it is about you know uh, racial tensions and you know police brutality and all that stuff. So yeah. So, with all that being said, Vince, 
Have you given thought to any films that you would like to see as a part of our Obsidian collection? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. There is one film that I want to say right off the bat. Okay. That I think because of its cultural significance, okay? Okay. Because of a little bit of a timestamp that it is in its era when this film came out. And because of um, some, not many, but some of the people that appear in this film deserves to be on our Obsidian collection. Lethal Weapon 2. Sorry, Vince. Mm. It was this (laughs) This close, close. but it did not make my list. This close, all right. No, it did not. It did not. The Last Dragon. <laughs> Shut up, Lynn. I'm not going to lie to you, uh-huh. Ariel. It's on the list for real? It is on my list. Okay. okay. And why is that? Well, it is on my list simply because of this. Despite my feelings in regards to this film, there are a great many people of whom you know, opinion I respect, such as you two, and people with whom I had no idea had such devotion for this film, who who just rally behind this film as um, kind of like a time capsule of their youth. It came out in 1985, so you can imagine that, you know, now in the year that we are now, this is like prime time for a lot of people like in their 40s, their, right, their right. youth, you know, they, they remember this film. Um, they remember, they can recite it the 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 lines and and the music you say last dragon everybody just says show enough you know just the the crowd goes wild with that um everybody starts singing about the glow um everybody remembers Ty Mac and his one nunchuck <laughs> <laughs> it was uh the movie was uh has made it into the way of um, of even millennial conversation by appearing on Insecure this season. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and in the the film, sorry to bother you. It was also yeah. that's right checked in there that's as right. well. This movie is a regardless of my feelings aside, it is a time capsule of the eighties, at least the mid eighties. Yeah. Um, it, with its fashion and with its, you know, its look back into the 70s a little bit, you know, with his, you know, uh, 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 Bruce Leroy Tribble, Bruce Leroy Tribble, Bruce Leroy's uh, affection for Bruce Lee. You're looking back into early 70s, uh, Kung Fu. There is a lot to be mined here in this movie. You know, it's not the greatest film. Nobody and nobody agrees. Uh, disagrees about that, but there still is a lot to be mined as far as a conversation um, being had, multiple conversations being had about this film. And I think for that reason, it belongs in the Obsidian collection. Okay. Well, all right. And what what type of extras would you have on here? Well, I mean, let's go ahead. Let's let's build this thing out. Well, there's one extra that wouldn't be on here, but this is an extra that I would ask for. Okay. There's a very famous scene from, um, and I believe it is, it's not the Chinese Connection. It may be the Chinese Connection, but you could do it with Enter the Dragon either way. Bruce, Bruce Lee with his nunchucks. And he's, he's whipping it like at light speed. And there are many places on the internet where you can go and they slow down him with his nunchucks. Okay. Nunchucks. And you can see just how skilled the man is moving at it. I submit that for the Obsidian Collection Last Dragon, they should slow down Timex <laughs> one nunchuck scene. Hateful. Well, only Hateful. because because maybe unnecessary. Because maybe there is artistry that I am missing. See. However, See, if we slow it down, I might have See, a greater appreciation. I thought we were having an actual of, conversation about this. I am. This is terrible. I am. Disrespectful. I'm, that's not disrespectful. So I would add that onto the collection. Hmm. 
what would you add, Ariel? That's not just disrespectful. That's not disrespectful. Well, I would want like an in-depth interview um, with uh, Johnny and Ty. Oh, that's okay. interesting. Johnny! So, all right. So I was a child watching this. So I'm me and Ernie Ray's Jr., who played Ty, right. are about the same age. He might be a little bit older than me. Okay. So that was my boo. And I thought he and he's actually like a very skilled martial artist, um, as is his father. I was about to say the Reyes family. It's, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's you know, he's been doing this a long time. Uh, yeah. And so just kind of I would love to kind of get his perspective on what it was like to work on that project. And then um, as an older person watching it, even though I know Ernie and I are the same age, it's weird to look at like, like I love him because he's a little boy. You right, know what I mean? Right. But, but there are actually laws against that. Yes, there's yeah. laws against that. But as, as I watch it as an adult, like Johnny, I, I'm, <laughs> Johnny will. Yeah. Like, especially when at the end when he like, he gets his little confidence. He's yeah. like, he's like, you got it, Johnny. I just love it. <laughs> I love him. So yes, I I just I want to hear uh more from my crushes. Right. right. From the film. <laughs> I, to say. I think um Johnny Reyes, I don't know if this was his next big role, but I know the role that I always think of him in. He played one of the turtles in the yes, live action um Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, movie. really? Which is funny because Ernie Reyes Jr. in I think Secret of the Ooze played the kid that got recruited by the foot and they save him so i wonder if they were in the same movie again apparently the creators of the uh ninja turtles movie were fans of the last dragon yeah oh really apparently i don't know (laughs) oh Oh, i thought you tell you giving me thought he was breaking it down yeah i don't know i would of course like to talk to michael schultz the director about how he felt about The Last Dragon and what he was trying to accomplish mm. as a director. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah getting t- inside his head space. Right, ab- about The Last Dragon. is Michael Schultz, when people talk to him, you know, they usually talk about Car Wash mm-hmm. or, or you know, his other films. The, you know, certainly the ones he made with Richard Pryor. But I don't know if I've ever seen him talk about The Last Dragon because it's like, you know, you get to interview Michael Schultz, you have like a half hour, you're not going to waste a whole lot of time on The Last Dragon. No, you're not. So it's like, hey, man, let's talk about The Last Dragon. Tell me of Shonuff and his motivations. And is he the master? And is he the master? Yeah, you? there you go. You could talk about this whole... Uh, that's, that's my reading. That theory, yeah. 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 So that, I think those three features, mm-hmm. along with... You know, regular, you know, features and stuff like that mm-hmm. would make for a very nice obsidian right, right. collection. Don't, of don't think I noticed you tried to slip in your slowdown one with our features, which came from a place of love. Mine <laughs> comes from a place of inquiry. Uh-huh. Because perhaps, like I say, there is artistry that I am missing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then I will come with a new appreciation. Whatever. Uh-huh. That's not what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, really? Uh-huh. No. <laughs> I, we already know that. Or like Keisha Knight Pulliam. Like, ask Keisha Knight Pulliam, does she remember anything oh my from The Last Dragon? Thank you. When he gave her the chopsticks, the red chopsticks. <laughs> oh, that movie changed my life. Or even to do like a In Memoriam, because the brother, I, yeah. I don't know anybody's real name. I am a true fangirl. I'm just, I just live in the world of Last Dragon. Yeah. But he, <laughs> he, uh, you know, like passed away kind of yeah, tragically. He did. He did. He was really young. Yeah. And then, um, and Vanity, of course. Vanity, the actor that plays Shonuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about it. Yeah. Julius Carey. Yeah. Julius Carey Shonuff. died. And I really like Julius Carey. He probably is. Is it fair to say he's most famous to to sort of nerd world from being on Briscoe County Junior? No, that no. Do you think his role as Shownuff was bigger? Shownuff, Shownuff, Shownuff is everything in his career. But wait, wasn't he also on Murphy Brown? Because I remember that. Yeah, but he wasn't like a. a, uh, He wasn't a regular. Oh, I just remember. Wasn't he like her enemy or nemesis or something? I feel like they they had. They feuded. I don't know. I, I never watched Murphy Brown. I, my mom did, and so I watched it, you know, uh, because she was watching it. Mm-hmm. But I just, I do remember him being on the show because I remember thinking, that's show enough. That's show enough. Like, he cut his hair. 
<laughs> that show enough, he cut his hair. I always liked the fact that he had that same hairstyle on Briscoe County. Uh, Junior was like, you know, I'm a cowboy with the long jerry curl. Mm-hmm. What of it? I've never even seen this. I've never heard of this show that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Briscoe County Junior. One season. Was it? It was only one season. Yeah. Think about the sort of fandom that Firefly had. Okay, from its Brisco one season. Briscoe County kind of had it, too. But did it get a movie? It didn't get a movie. It didn't yeah, get a so, movie. No, it didn't have Firefly it, fandom. It didn't really. Dance. There was a, a bit of a mm, fandom for Briscoe County mm, Jr. No. People love Briscoe County mm, Jr. No, no, Vince. <laughs> See, you're the one who said people didn't love The Last Dragon, so you clearly... I liked Briscoe County Jr., but it... it, it no, it, it doesn't last... No, Vince. Uh, he was on Murphy Brown, but he was only five episodes. Oh wow! Okay, he well, and that's how it made an impression. It, yeah, it made an impression because that's how much the Last Dragon means to me. He was in five episodes of Murphy Brown, and I was thinking like he was part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> he was really on there. <laughs> he was her nemesis. <laughs> I'm pretty sure wasn't it Murphy Brown slash Shonuff? Right, right. And I was confused when you said I was like, I don't even remember black people on Murphy Brown. There weren't many. Yeah. No, they really weren't. Yeah, but he was one. Murphy Brown lived in that part of town with Seinfeld. I know, in New York with no black people. Right, right. Well, Murphy Brown was Was in D.C. D.C., right. Oh, she was in D.C.? Which is even crazier. But all right, sure, fine. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't Mm -hmm. know where that show took place. All right, Vince, is there a film that you would like to see? It's part of our Obsidian Club. I mean, you know, I don't really have a fun, wacky choice. I always go to Daughters of the Dust. That's fair. Like, I always start with Daughters of the Dust, and then you build from there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you familiar with the film Daughters of the Dust? I'm from, I've never seen it, but I know of the film. Oh, That's one of those things. It's, I'm not, I am not a cinephile in the way that the uh, you two are. You you to shame me. I feel like, mm, what have I been oh, doing? There's no shame. Yeah, it's no shame. No shame? There's no. no shame. Okay. There's disrespect from Lynn. Well, of course. Towards the last dragon, but there's no shame. No shame at all. Daughters of the Dust is a 1991 uh, film uh, about a family, a, Gullah, uh, a family in the Gullah community of coastal South Carolina at the dawn of the 20th century. Um, it was a film that was directed by Julie Dash. Um, and it's her one and only film, but it's a film that has been regarded as one of the better films of the 90s, let alone just a, a, the black artifact that it is. Um, a very, very seminal piece of work, an independent film. Um, and was very is a film that is ranked high on our praise from yeah both of absolutely us when we reviewed it so why so why for you daughters of the dust Vince? I mean everything you just said not only is it one of the greatest films made of the past fifty years but mm-hmm. you see pieces of it in other parts of black art like like it's yeah. one of those sort of foundational artifacts. That, that people pull from, you know, to the point where you you want to talk about extras. I think my extra might just be interviewing every black practicing director. Yeah. And asking about Daughters of the Dust. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's like Cassie Lemons, talk about Daughters of the Dust. Ava DuVernay, talk about Daughters of the Dust. Barry Cooper, talk about Daughters of the Dust. Spike Lee, talk about Daughters of the Dust. And just go from director to, to director mm-hmm. and ask about Daughters of the Dust because – you know, it really is one of those films. Set in 1902, it's, the movie tells the story of three generations of Gullah women in the Pizant family on St. Helena Island as they prepare to migrate to the north on the mainland. And this film, released in 1991, written, directed, and produced by Julie Dash, is, believe it or not, the first feature film directed by an African-American woman distributed three theatrically in the United States. Wow. In 1991. 1991. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. And and she couldn't like get work to do anything else after that. I think the next thing that she really directed was now directing yeah, a couple episodes, episodes of, of Queen Sugar. Yeah. Because mm. Ava DuVernay reached out to, you know, black directors, women directors and gave them uh, a shine there. Um great. This film 
it actually in twenty in in uh, two thousand sixteen was restored and re released by the Cohen Media Group at, at on its twenty fifth anniversary, but the National Film Registry in two thousand four, um, and Library Congress selected this film for preservation as being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. It's just it was, it's just all that, all that, and then some. Yes, and all of the chips, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um. All right, so wow, it is already one thirty-five. The hour is streaming by right now. It is, it is our drive to five hundred as we present the Obsidian Collection. So I'm just going to list a couple of films. And wow, because Ariel, you may not have known what we were doing today, so you can maybe scroll through your your Rolodex for a film that you would like to think would be of high praise deserving on the uh, Obsidian Collection. I actually polled uh, a friend of mine, Hassan uh, Hassan Ali, who is actually a noted writer and music producer here in the Philadelphia area, uh, for a film that he would suggest. Okay. He suggested A Raisin in the Sun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think think maybe our default was filling in the blanks. Mm Mm-hmm. But 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 yeah, clearly a raisin in the sun, which is celebrated and has had beautiful additions in other collections. Oh yeah, raisin in the sun is fantastic. It is. However, however, the next film okay. that I will put to you, Vince okay. and Ariel, that deserves entering into the Obsidian Collection. Yes, is from 1982. Okay. So I'm still in the 80s. Yeah, early 80s. But this film is extremely significant. Okay. Because in 1982, the world at large, at least on the movie screens, was introduced to a force that would rule the rest of the 80s into the early 90s. And that force was Eddie Murphy in 48 Hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. Now, here's the question. What? What are the extras? I'm going to tell you what is going to be the extras. <laughs> but first, for those who may not know about 48 Hours, it was a 1982 buddy cop action comedy. And I will say that while there have been films about buddy cops before, I think that 48 Hours is the one that uh, broke and set the mold for buddy cops to come, including Lethal Weapon. Okay. This film, directed by Walter Hill, stars Eddie Murphy in his feature film debut alongside Nick Nolte, is just an artifact. When this the second you hear, you you hear, you don't even see Eddie Murphy. You hear him right. singing. You are in for a show. Yes, you are. For the rest of the movie. Yes. Rest of the movie. It's got James Remar in the film that made him the villain of choice in the 80s until you had Alan Rickman uh, uh, um, yeah, hamming, and, it, hamming it up and killing it. And Die Hard. And Die Hard. But until then, you had James Remar in 48 Hours. So the extras on this movie. I'm going to tell you what the extras will be on this movie. Okay. The extras would be, boom, Eddie Murphy's audition for 48 Hours. Oh, that's not bad. I don't know what it is, right, but it's right, got to right, be right. great. It's got to be around, yeah. It's got to be great, right? Then you have a listing of all the movies in its wake, not its sequels. But all the movies that in its wake that try to be 48 hours. Yeah. Including some reasonably successful, like Lethal Weapon. Like Lethal Weapon. Some that maybe tried a little bit too hard, like The Last Boy Scout. Yeah. With Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. It's a weird film. Very weird it's film. It's a weird film. Is that a black film? No. But we shall see. All right. So those will be extras that I would in- include in this, however, I would include one other extra. What? I would hire some, the 
animators behind the TV series The uh, Black Dynamite. Okay. To create a 20-minute version of 48 Hours. You could do it. Distill that movie yeah, into and, and, forty-eight to twenty minutes right. of just hilarious, edgy animation. Yeah, that's not bad. I'd buy that. Boom. I'd buy that. You know what I'd like to see? What? Someone interview Sting about Eddie Murphy singing <laughs> Rhapsody. <laughs> like, like, what was your reaction to that when you, you know, did? Did, did that introduce the police to black audiences? Did you see any change in the people coming to see you? Are there people that tell you that that's how I learned about Sting? Like, I was always, I've always been curious about that. Like, I wonder what Sting thought. 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. That's what he thought. Yeah. He just started count, just counting, yeah. po- counting the pocketbooks. Are you familiar with 48 Hours, Ariel? I am, of course, familiar with it. I did not see it, though. Oh. I've missed a lot of movies. Oh my god, Ariel. But I was born in the eighties. Okay, that's very So nice. some stuff some stuff I just didn't see because I wasn't allowed to see it. Right, right, because so you were a child. Because I was younger, yeah. Because yeah. even um New Jack City, I don't think I've actually seen New Jack City really start to finish. Mm-hmm. I saw bits and pieces before I was told to leave the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I've seen it in pieces, but never like, I saw that movie. So it's just one of those things. And as an adult, mm. I just didn't go back. That's always, boy, that was always the most terrible thing to happen. To get When sent someone out. told you that grown well, folks, this is grown folks business, this is grown folks, and, and do, can I help you? Do you need something? Well, the key is to be still and quiet as you can, and, and maybe they won't realize you're there. Because right. there are some things, you know, you you just quiet. Right, And right, then right. somebody will turn around and say, ah, get out. You know what yeah. I mean? So you, you got to, you know, know how to play it. Yeah. But, yes, that hasn't happened to me in a long time. I'm a grown-up now. That's right. God bless you. It's nice. When I don't want to finish my food, I don't. (laughs) I throw it right in the trash. I was like, I didn't want that. That's right. And I don't have to explain it to anybody. You know, it's nice. I I I love the moment when uh, I probably was like around sixteen, and my mom had served like uh, dinner, and she had my mom had like you know these like things that she always went to on Sunday dinner, and she she had made ham, which meant that we had macaroni salad and peas mm-hmm. and i love when she put put down the plate and i said look mom i don't like peas mm. i've never liked peas i'm 16 i don't feel like i should have to be able have to eat the peas anymore right right and she said then don't eat them <laughs> okay <laughs> That was, that, and it was like graduation day. And was that the last time you ate peas? That was the, yes, yes. Actually, the last time I ate peas was probably like about a couple of years before that because I had discovered that I could take the peas, put them in my mouth, and throw them under the, yes. under the table, um, and my dog would eat them. That's disgusting. No, it wasn't. But, yes. Survival. That, you doing that, though, makes me think of Moonstruck. In that scene where the the uh, the dad was feeding the dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, Olympia Dukakis is like, "Oh man, you give those dogs any more of my food, and I'm going to kick you till you're dead." That's like oh. one of my favorite lines in that movie. That's real love. It is. It's real love. I think my 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 first apartment, I flipped the lights, like I did I did the light flippy thing. But what does what's that for? Because I'm paying for these lights. Oh, these are my lights. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I held the refrigerator yeah, open. Hold the door open. Long as I wanted and looked through. So you can heat the neighborhood right, now. Just right, open the heat door. Heat the neighborhood now. Right. The whole deal. Because I'm paying for these lights. That's right. I, I live in a barn. What's funny, <laughs> when I started paying for the lights, all the lights were off. Turn that off. Turn that off. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I did it for about an hour. <laughs> and now I've become that person. Did somebody touch the thermostat in here? <laughs> It's a little warm. They put on a sweater. <laughs> they make socks for a reason. Right. Put them on. Right. You'd be all right. Put the floor, put them on. You moved around and did some chores around here, you get your blood pumping. <laughs> Seems to me you're not moving enough. That's a real damn right. thing you to say. Bust up them dishes and maybe, maybe you warm <laughs> up a bit. 
All right, Vince, you got another one for our our, our Obsidian collection? Uh, what would I do after that? Because now you've thrown me with, with a raisin in the sun. Because now, see, I was sticking with stuff that maybe hadn't. Which is what I did been too. collected. That was him. That was him. So that's not it. That's so that's and, not. And, and when he said it, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. That's a good one." But no, okay, because the Criterion Collection will eventually get to raising right. the sun. You know what? This probably isn't what I would do next, but it's been on my mind because mm-hmm. I just saw it after after the the showing we did last night at, at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House. That's right. We showed yeah. um, Sugar Hill. There. We did show Sugar Hill, but not the Sugar Hill but you're thinking of. But not that Sugar Hill. <laughs> That's actually they should change the title to Sugar Hill colon No, not that Sugar Hill. <laughs> People watching like, when does Wesley Snipes part come? No, because I was when I I was like Sugar Hill. That's not a horror movie. <laughs> that was my first thought. Right. So I would do Fear of a Black Hat. Oh. Okay. I would do Fear of a Hat, Black Hat, Rusty Kundoff's mm-hmm. uh, sort of spoof. Yeah. Of of the the hip hop early hip hop era in the ninety. I guess not. Maybe early. You think early? You think late? But early nineties. Early nineties hip hop. What's I've never heard of this movie. It is just what it it, it sounds like. Like Rusty Kundoff uh, made this film. Rusty Kundoff is a filmmaker that kind of got swallowed up in the conversations in the 90s about black directors. Mm-hmm. Okay. But he made two or three films and one of them was Fear of a Black Hat, which are you looking up the official yeah. Fear of the Black Hat? Because I like when Lynn actually reads the... It is a 1993 American mockumentary on the evolution and state of American hip-hop music. Uh, it is... Um, the film's title is derived from the 1990 Public Enemy film, Fear of a Black Planet. Uh, the film, which we will go down here, is a comedic mockumentary depicting the perspective of a filmmaker as she trails a hardcore gangster rap group called NWH, uh, Niggas with Hats, a play on the name of the popular group NWA. In many ways, Fear of a Black Hat is similar to the to the satirical film of the early 80s, this is Spinal Tap. Mm-hmm. But I always felt like that was a film that should get more attention because it, it captured a lot of things. And again, Rusty Kundoff is a filmmaker that I that I like. And he's also the star of the film. Yeah, he's he also the star rapper, of the film. Ice Cold. Right. Okay. There's also Tasty Taste, uh, performed by Larry B. Scott, who's an ultra-violent secondary rapper. Then the esoteric DJ is Tone Death, okay. <laughs> uh, played by Mark Christopher Lawrence, and the the reporter, a sociologist who analyzed hip-hop as a form of communications for her degree, uh, the reporter Nina Blackburn, is played by Cassie Lemons. Yes, sir. So that's what I would choose, and then I'd interview Rusty Kundoff. I'd interview Cassie Lemons. Mm-hmm. I'd have some type of documentary about the hysteria of early 90s hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the two groups that you name, NWA, and I, re- you know, we're old enough to remember the hysteria around Public Enemy and specifically Public Enemy's album, Fear of a Black Planet. Right. Like, it was a lot of hand wringing about Fear of a Black Planet. Oh, what yes. does that mean? Yes. So. Yeah, that's that would be a good. That's a good one. That's a very good one, and that gets slept on a lot for some reason. People herald CB4, yeah, which yeah, which I actually uh, not too long ago rewatched CB4, mm-hmm. and it's not a bad movie. It's just very obvious. Yes, yeah, too obvious. It's very this obvious. This is more. It's a lot more subtle, and therefore a lot more funny and and more biting. Yeah, um, I really like Fear of a Black Black Hat. That's a good one. Yeah. I feel like we should. We're, we're due. We should review <laughs> talking about the Obsidian Collection. Boy, if only, if only we had a podcast <laughs> where you and I could sit and discuss a film for about an hour. We'll have to get on that. If only, like just the two of us, and like we look at all of the black films, but on one podcast. Hmm. Sounds like um, sounds like a 
a Michelle mission. Yeah, it's like a mission. Yeah. And and you know, and and to commemorate the filmmakers that we're honoring, we could name it after one of them. How about Oscar Michaud? That's not a bad idea. The, Ariel, are you writing all this down? I am. I'm taking notes. <laughs> you know, if we're lucky, we could do this show and if it hits like we expect it to, you know what? We might actually be able to win a Cami Award Ooh. for Excellence in Radio. Look at that. Y'all fancy. Yes, the, the Michelle Mission, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not heard, actually took home the Expression Award for Radio at yes. the uh, recent Philly, the Philly Cam Cami Awards. Yes, we did. Wow. I, know, I lied to you not, Vince. I did not see that coming. Yeah. I just knew like we were just a token nominee. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, do you know who nominated you? No. Oh, you don't. No, no. cuz you you submit in your names. Okay. Um but then you you don't know whether or not then there are judges that then choose the nomination who the nominees are and then therefore go and choose the the winner. I'm really proud of y'all. I oh, think Vince, you. you know what this means? What? I think we have won over judge number three. We have won over <laughs> judge number three. We are now friends with judge number three. It's it's, it's a joke from the uh, the first cam <laughs> Because we were nominated before and lost. And lost. And judge number three, um, <laughs> in the feedback, said, you know, there's a little bit too much banter at the beginning. Because <laughs> that's what I like. I like the feedback. First of all, you're a loser. <laughs> So let's start there. <laughs> now, I should go into detail about why you are a loser. <laughs> so I was like, oh. <laughs> well, I love the banter in the beginning. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. So, but yeah, so you won over judge number three. We Congratulations. We did win over judge number three. And you didn't have to change a thing. You I, stayed true to we, you. We stayed true to our vision. Of talking about 70s sitcoms, music, collard greens, comic books. Comic books. What else did we talk about in the first? <laughs> Whatever comes to mind. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Until we get to the film review. <laughs> and folks seem to like it. <laughs> so far, so good. It's going well so far. Um, well, we only got a few more, a few more minutes. Uh, Vince, yes. Do you did you come up like with a listing of movies, or you just came up with like one or two or something? I just came up with. I didn't know. I didn't know we were supposed to bring in a list. That's fine. I'd have brought in a list if I didn't know we were bringing in a list. Okay. Well, that's fine. Well, you know what? For our next episode of the Michelle Mission, we'll have. A, I'll have a list. You'll have your list. So I will save my list. Okay. How many? Sh- how many should be on the list? Well, you know what? Maybe. Well, I think our idea was to try to come up with ten. Right. So perhaps if you can come up, come in. I've got. Well, I've got six. Right. Um, but I'll I've already. With... But, but I've already given two off my list. Okay. So I should have. Because how many did I get? I did, did Fear of a Black Hat and Daughters of the Dust. So I need three more. There you go. So come in with three, and I'll come in with. Three. I'll come in three more. All right. So we'll do that on our next episode, there which is go. when we will review Sugar Hill. When we will review. No, not that Sugar Hill. No, exactly. Sugar <laughs> Hill, colon, not N- that No, Sugar not Hill. that Sugar Hill. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Ariel. Len. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Good. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. Stranger. Yeah, well, you know, I've had things. Um, what? Uh, um, 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 what's going on with you? <sighs> That's all. Somebody read, you know, Why read you the meaning. Why you turn into an old black woman? Because <laughs> I'm turning into like an old black woman. That's grandmother it's, it's, all of it's a sudden. Happening. Just like, that deep sigh. That was a deep sigh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm tired, but I'm here. Just busy. <laughs> I'm you just going to keep quoting my oh. grandma. <laughs> Baby, I'm tired, but well, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're supposed well, to give me a piece of pound cake or something now. Well, you, if you come to Amalgam, I got a pound cake for you, All too. All right. I got chocolate cookies. They gone. Dag. I'm, I'm making more. Calm down. Relax. I got you. Like some hard candy out the bottom of your purse. 
Well, I well, for, for me, you'll find Skittles at the bottom of my, okay. my bag. But I do, you know, if you look at all my things, I do come off as an old woman. I knit. Mm-hmm. I bake. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. All you need is big curlers in your hair. I about to say, walk around humming Mahalia Jackson <laughs> under your breath. Mm-hmm. Give me time. I'll get there. <laughs> Um, and, and if people want to find out everything that's going on at Amalgam Comics, ladies and gentlemen, you can go to AmalgamPhilly.com, where not only can you find out what's happening at Philadelphia's hottest coffee house and comic book store, but you can also purchase your comics there as well. So, you know, you can get it in, you know, make it happen, make it happen. All right. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, oh, the phones are ringing. The phone is ringing. <laughs> Hey, see it. Hello, uh, hello, caller. You're live on uh, the Michelle Mission. Who's this? Hey, this is Maurice Poplar. How you guys doing? Yeah, what's hey, up, Maurice? What's up, Maurice? How you doing? Just in time, just under the wire, dog. What's what's going on? Good, good, good. I, I want my DVD, man. <laughs> <laughs> How much I got to put in to get a DVD? Well, from what I've been I've been told, we are unfortunately we're a little below the the limit. We're trying to get we're trying to make it the what can you what can you stand any any amount is i I, I got 15 for you how about that you got 15 i got 15 that's nice man go to phil done go to go to uh, phillycam.org slash donate fill in your information we really appreciate it man every small bitch man keep it up we still on the mission most definitely brother peace (laughs) peace man hey and uh condolences man Uh, i appreciate it dog thank you very much y'all take care you too Oh, there you go. There you go, Maurice Pop. It's just that it's simple, ladies and gentlemen. We've got three minutes. Can we make it in three minutes? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but I do want to thank Maurice Popular. I do want to thank Lynn Finley. I do want to thank George Camona, Steve, and Alara Tozen, the um the $20 billion dribbles. Yes, sir. I want to thank all of them for their donations during this hour. We really appreciate it. Um it Alas, it does not look like we will be making a DVD of The Last Dragon. Oh, can't we just do it for fun? Oh, Len, that's not fun for Len. It could be, though. Well, there's three of us. Yes. So, majority rules. I would say so. Boom. Democracy. Show enough. This is how right. democracy works. All right. Well, then, Lynn Finley, George Kimona, the Tozens, and Maurice Poplar, you will still receive. There you go. Your DVD of The Last Dragon with a full length audio commentary featuring Vince Williams and Ariel Johnson of Amalgam Comics and Coffee and, House. And Lynn Webb. Oh, I was only going to be on there if we made it to five. No, no, no. And Lynn Webb. <laughs> We didn't make it. Lynn Webb, she'll also be. I will be there. Part of the commentary. I will be there as part of the commentary. Yes. yes. There you go. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Yes. We really appreciate the support. And if you didn't make it within this hour, when you hear the show, please go to phillycam.org slash donate. You can still donate on behalf of the Me Show mission. Absolutely. Um, the fundraising drive is is going on until until Halloween, until Wednesday the 31st. So you've got till then to um, make your donation. This show is going to go up live on our website and on our uh, podcasting um, uh, vehicles. On Sunday morning, we're going to get it out there early. So if anyone that is a podcast, you know, listens to the podcast, wants to donate, they will have that opportunity as well. All right, we got to get out of here and turn things over to our regularly scheduled programming that will be coming in 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 Mundito. But for Ariel Johnson, for Vince Williams, uh, this is Len. Um, you know, that's who I am, mm-hmm. and he's he's Vince. That that's who that guy over there is. And in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. We are out.
Now it's time to better do. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.